Greetings. Welcome back to the Cape Lead Podcast. This is Chachi, and I apologize that I've been gone for a week, but it was a week well spent. It was a week over Thanksgiving weekend where I got to fly back to Phoenix, spend time with my boys, spend time with my wife, family, enjoy some good quality time, and just relax, get some of the oxygen that I always talk about, and been back at work for the past few days. And the last few days have been a little bit challenging, and a lot of it comes down to a concept that I, I, it's the title of one of my podcasts called Communication, but I talk more about uh, a TED talk that I was watching more than I did an actual concept of communication. And I bring it up now is that uh, a couple of different things happened at work, but when I talk about CAPE leadership, and again, CAPE, caring, alignment, perspective, and expectations, the way that I view CAPE is it is a leadership methodology, it is a way to capture lessons learned, and, is a, and it is a way to solve interpersonal conflict. But more and more, and I've tried to get away from this, and I don't think I'm going to be able to, because I think the simple truth is that at the end of the day, CAPE is all about getting the conversation right. I believe it to be, now, a communication tool. And it helps examine how we communicate And the how also ties into the why we communicate. We probably understand why we're communicating with people and our teams and our loved ones. But the how ends up being a nebulous concept. And the how varies greatly. Whether you want to isolate the how based on whatever your personality type is. Be it the Ford Lenses or the Myers-Briggs type indicator or DISC or or whatever kind of formula you use to understand your and other people's personalities, you can, you can default to that. And you can communicate based off of your personality. You can communicate about getting the task done. You can communicate differently based on whether you like people, whether you don't like people, whether you like your job, whether you don't like your job, and whether you agree with the concepts, whether you agree with the tasks, whatever you have. Again, CAPE just ends up being about a way to communicate better. And some of the things that happened at work today revolved around some of my leaders abandoning the moral high ground. And not that they did anything wrong per se, but they abandoned the moral high ground when they were communicating. And if it's one of the things that I've learned throughout my career, it's that you can never, ever, ever abandon the moral high ground. Get the moral high ground get it, seize it, obtain it, never relinquish it until your dying day. Because if you're having conflict with somebody, and a lot of times when we're having these conversations, it's because we do have conflict. And again, my definition of conflict is the convergence of competing expectations. So we're having these conflicts and we're trying to communicate through it, not at it, not about it, just communicate through this conflict. But when one person abandons the moral high ground, almost instantly you can see the conversation change from what was the original topic of the conflict to now being about the abandonment of the moral high ground. And once you abandon the moral high ground with the people you work with, the people you work for, things of that nature, trust is gone. For example, if you lash out at somebody who does something wrong, 
or perhaps they have a dissenting opinion and you make fun of them and you react with short, curt, little snippety phrases that just shuts them down immediately, they're going to stop speaking up because they don't want to be treated that way. If their inputs are not going to be valued, they will stop giving inputs. And so understanding the moral high ground is huge, but it's about how we communicate. Now, I'm not asking you to ignore being a human because obviously you're going to react to some of these things. And I've mentioned it in a previous podcast before is that my three steps to this is give yourself a little bit of time to react, but react privately and then reflect. And when you're done reflecting, then respond. That is how we need to shape our communication. And you've heard me say this time and time again throughout the podcast is that we need to shape the conversations. We need to speak with the right words to make sure that we are having the conversation that we are intending to have. And so much of that gets lost when we don't have that shared and common vernacular or when we abandon the moral high ground. So when we're talking in and amongst our teams, maintaining the moral high ground is nothing more than being a good dude or being a cool chick. And one of the things, one of the guys I was talking to today about this is, you know, he, he was having a conversation. He says, you know, I, I'm, I'm mad at this guy and I kind of chastised him a little bit, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't personal. It was about the mission. And then I told him, I said, hey, I disagree with that concept 100%. Because, and while I'm going to use this analogy in a military context, I know it transcends the U.S. military. But the U.S. military, where we have the unlimited liability clause, where we have signed up to the fact that we are willing to give up our life in defense of our great nation for the job that we do, for the mission that we support, And if we say that that's what we are going to do, and then someone comes back and says, hey, this this decision that we're making about you or your career isn't personal, I'm here to tell you it's violently personal to that person who is willing to sacrifice so much and give freely so much of themselves and their family and their possible future. I can't think of anything more personal. So when we treat our teammates with that little respect, when we can make these phrases where we can say, hey, this is, hey, just, hey, whatever, I, I, you know, this, this isn't personal, it's business. Or when we say, hey, check your emotion at the door. I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to that at all because again, I want passionate people working for me. I want people who are passionate about the job that we have to do, passionate about our mission, passionate about defending America, and passionate about advancing America's causes on a global scale. And you can't have passionate people without people getting emotional about the job that they're tasked to do. And while it may be unfortunate from time to time, I give people a great deal of latitude for that outpouring of emotion. It doesn't always manifest itself in a great way. I'll I'll agree to that. And you know, you can't, that just is, that doesn't give them carte blanche to just behave and act out whenever they want because that does have to be curbed. 
right? It does have to come out in the right way. And then we can have a conversation when it goes awry. But you can temper your conversation of frustration with them because at the end of the day, they're passionate people. And we want them to... We want them to be passionate about what they're doing, how they support the cause. And when we as leaders abandon the moral high ground and cause frustration with them to where they don't even want to talk to a leader at the workplace, that is in fact a problem. And that's not a problem that people need to deal with, again, because life is hard enough. And in my case, military life is tough enough. Deployed military life is darn near impossible. You know, and doing all that stuff while at war is just soul crushing. We don't need to make life any harder than it naturally already is. And when we abandon the moral high ground and we fail to communicate in a way that promotes positive teamwork and positive mission accomplishment, our team suffers. So I say all that, I give this background just to say, how do you feel about your communication at work? Have there been those times when your bosses haven't let you speak your mind? Have there been times that you have been shut down in a staff meeting or in group conversation and you try and raise your hand and someone quickly chastises you? Oh, that's a horrible idea. Oh my gosh, that's so dumb. Hey, this isn't your turn to talk, new guy. I don't want your opinions. You just sit there and learn. I see these things happen time and time again. And while it seems innocent enough, if you're that person who is chastised in public, you're probably never going to want to talk to the person again, to the one who chastised you, who made you feel inferior, who showed you that you were a lesser teammate to them. And that can't happen. This is why the understanding of the moral high ground is huge. Because if you lash out at somebody wrongly, inappropriately, at the wrong time, that helps you abandon the moral high ground. And your team or your teams are going to suffer because of it. And one of the guys I was talking to today, he's like, you know, I feel bad. I'm just a a very blunt, in-your-face type of personality. I told him, I said, dude, I I absolutely get it. I am 100% the same way. I know that I can be very in-your-face. I know that there are a lot of people who just don't like me coming into a room. I, I tend to have a lot of energy, and that annoys the pants out of a lot of people. If you're an introvert, you have a really tough time liking me. And I've proven that point time and time again. But what I will say is, while I understand that this is part of my personality, for the sake of the team and for the sake of mission accomplishment, I try, in most cases, to be as neutral as absolutely possible. Or if that doesn't happen or if that can't happen, if we're in a staff meeting because I'm naturally going to be me, then my personality is going to come out. I do my very best to try and adjust the way I react and interact to people based on their facial expressions, on whether I think they are listening to me or not, whether what I can, my studies of motivation, my studies of personality, how I deem their personality to be, I can then go back 
and adjust the way I communicate with them. Because it's not about me, because just as easily as I could say, well, they just need to understand that this is my personality and I am who I am. They have to deal with it. I, I hear that one a lot. But in all fairness to them, they could say the same thing. They'd be like, no, I don't like him. I have my personality. He's not gonna ask me to change my personality just because it conflicts with his. And that's where we have that, that weird conflict. So who gets to be right? Who gets to have the dominant personality that the other one has to cave to? But understanding these things about our communication, how do you communicate with your people? Do you adjust how you communicate with them based off of your understanding of their personality and how they prefer to receive information? And some of our younger crowd today, I have an anonymous text in line for people who want to complain about stuff inside the unit. And I tell people I have an open door policy. You can walk through any time you want. And I have this text in as, as, a, as an addition to that policy. And it's not that I think people are weak. And it's not that uh, people are just too scared to come into my office. I think there's some of that. But I think that in contemporary American society, if you're 25 years or younger, you know, all that you know about communication is text messaging. You grew up in a Facebook era. You, that's where you share your opinions. That's where you share your information. That's how you're taught to communicate. This is how you do things. So me having an anonymous text in line isn't some weird cop-out for the people who are too scared to raise their hand in public or walk into my office. It is a measure of me trying to provide an opportunity for communication that is more in line with how they understand how to communicate. That's what it's for. Trying to meet them halfway. You can walk through my door or you can anonymously text in your questions, your complaints, however you want to do. But again, it's an understanding of communication and what we can do to break down barriers. So that's what I wanted to say today. Think about the people that you identify as, as good communicators and ask yourself what makes them good communicators. Or the people that you don't like for bad communicators, why are they bad? But then also ask the antithesis. For those good communicators, where can they improve? For the bad communicators, what strengths do they have for communication? What are the takeaways you can learn from the antithesis of both of those groups of people? And see how you can grow that way. As always, I appreciate your time. This was a little bit weird. I apologize for the sound. Uh, I'm sitting here in my uh, Jeep again, driving down to Houston for the weekend to reunite with some of my military buddies. And then we're going to go to the Browns game on Sunday. So very excited. Again, another uh, opportunity for me to get some oxygen. But had a few weeks off, about a little over a week to think about some of the podcast. And coming up next week is going to be my next interview. So super excited for that. We'll, uh, we'll leave the name to be continued, give you a little bit of a cliffhanger there. And we will talk to our special guest next week. So I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had some great time off, some, some good food, some good turkey, some good conversation, some good oxygen, and hopefully some great moments of quiet reflection. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And this is Chachi always asking you, encouraging you, educate, anticipate, and dominate. We'll talk to you soon.